This is Dirt Road Less Traveled, where we talk about life with a capital L and take on the big questions such as who am I really and why are we even here? I believe we're here to express the hell out of our true selves, freely and unapologetically. So this is the show where we talk about how to do just that. I'm Maya Wild. Welcome to Dirt Road Less Traveled. Hey there. It's been a few weeks since I put out a podcast episode. I was very busy turning 50, <laughs> walking myself through the portal. My friends actually led me in this beautiful, very simple, very beautiful ritual where I crossed a threshold. And honestly, it felt like something happened. I'd really set myself up for this birthday with just handpicking who I wanted to spend time with and what I wanted it to be like. Really just no holds barred. This felt important and I'm going to do like, you know, that kind of a thing. Have you had that kind of an experience in your life where this feels important and I need to stay aware and do it consciously? That's what it was like for me. I know a lot of people I, for me in the past, it was, I would just hope that other people did what I, I would just, you know, kind of hold my breath and cross my fingers and then feel really sorry for myself and victimized and sad that they didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved. And also that I didn't stand up for myself and take care of myself on my birthday the way I wanted to. That happened a few times in my life. My 30th birthday was like that for me. And it was, it was one of those personal life tragedies that I can, I'm still not over it right? It still feels like it sticks in my craw. It makes me sad because I abandoned myself and I was determined not to do that for my 50th. And it was amazing. I had a client recently actually who turned 40 and she did not do any of that. And she then tried to brush it aside in a session like, oh, it turned out so badly, just like I knew it would if I didn't make a plan, but I couldn't decide. But oh, well, it is what it is. One of those. If you ever find yourself saying like, well, it is what it is in sort of a self-dismissive way, I want you to stop dead in your tracks. Just halt immediately and go sit quietly with yourself. Like really sit quietly with yourself and say, okay, what really is going on for me here? What am I really feeling? What do I really want? Because if we don't take the time to do that, we're just skimming the surface of our life and then shit does happen. And like, just, I mean, I know for me, it's a huge motivation. I do not want to be at the end of my life and turning 50, I'm like, fuck, people die in their 40s and 50s. People die at all times, but there's no guarantee. So I'm really determined to... You know, basically every day I wake up and I'm like, shit, this could be it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know, I find it to be a great motivator. I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do today? How do I need to live fully as myself without abandoning myself or dismissing myself so that if this is it, I don't feel that feeling of, well, I guess it is what it is, right? Oh, man. And so I'm going to be talking more about turning 50 and all of that because it really was an incredible portal experience that I want to share with you and um, help you to design your own celebratory experiences for birthdays or a time away or a holiday or just in your life, right? I think it's so hugely important. So I'm going to be coming up with a podcast probably for next episode, but this episode is going to be part two of my live coaching session with my client, Liz. So if you have not, go back and listen to part one, which is episode 43. That's season two of Dirt or Less Traveled, episode 43. And this is the next installment of what happened with her in her life and in her work experience. And enjoy. Oh, and let me also say this. If you are looking for support, get a taste of how I work with people here and call me up. I do free strategy sessions. You can get book your free breakthrough call with me. Just go to mayawild.com and click on the work with me page and you can get your own free breakthrough session. We'll have a conversation that honestly sounds so dramatic, but it has the potential to change your life. If you're looking for support and you think I might be that person, let's try it out and have a conversation. MayaWild.com, work with me tab, book your free call. Hi, Liz. Hi, Maya. How are you? <laughs> Good. I'm wondering how you are is the real question here, the real elephant in the room. Ooh, oh, well, <laughs> I mean, we've always answered honestly, right? So um, I'm, I'm having large um, tsunami-sized waves of worry. And then in between, I'm just like, okay, gulp, take a breath. Okay, back into it again. Here we go. Whee! It's not very fun. <laughs> uh, 
so, you know, like I, I'm overwhelmed, which I, you know, in our sessions in the past, I mean, that's sadly common and we're, we're trying to break that. Right. But, uh, here I am and I'm, I'm kind of caught up in it and I just, every time I try to slow down and take a break, I just, I, I can't, you know, I'll be sitting out in the grass, like, yep, yep. At any moment now, I'm just going to, you know, take a replenishing breath. You know what I mean? Like that, that, oh, okay, now we're relaxing that breath. And I'm just, I'm not getting it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I need to think about it. And then I do. And then I think about it too much, right? Because there's no stop button for me. And I keep thinking and I keep squirreling down. And then I start pulling up things that I'm like, okay, these are registering as ridiculous, bordering on paranoia and you need to do something else. So then I will change gears and I will either distract myself with, you know, the other, the other requirements of, of my many hats, like momhood and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. But then it's like temporary and I'm right back into the stress and I'm like, come on now, something's got to give and it's not going to be me. So, (laughs) you know, here I am, you know, doing my best to do all of the things that I've learned with you to help take it easy, calm down so I can, I can come in with a level head and assess my concerns. And I'm just, I'm too wound. I think I just register that there's so many potential stakes going on that I just, I would, I would ask for help at this stage anyway, but it's just, it's so much more overwhelming because there's just so many things going on. So anyway, I've, you know, I'm also rambling. So <laughs> no, this is great. Well, let's, 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 okay. Let's, there's a couple of things here. One overwhelm is a word that I hear from women all the time. So you're speaking everybody's language and you're not alone. It's not like there's something wrong with you that you're feeling overwhelmed. I think a lot of times that's a very healthy response to mm. the situations that we find ourselves in, in this world. And then, like you're describing, there's it's, it does not feel great, right? And so yeah, you want to find yeah. ways to deal with it. Um, but I'm having a few thoughts simultaneously. Yeah, let's do this since I know what you're talking about. But since we're going to be also sharing this publicly, let's let people know a little bit of a context. Like you messaged me the other day, and you basically said, "Let me actually, I'm going to read your message." Sure. Let's see. I'm going to read it out loud to everyone here. So you don't have, you, you'll hear your words back to yourself, which is always interesting. And you don't have to try to say it. Okay. So yeah. All right. Here it is. So a job opportunity came up at work for me to make a move out of my department. I'm in the middle of the process. Just completed a phone interview have an in-person interview Friday. Okay. Today's Wednesday. All right. Mm-hmm. That's why things are heating up. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm really struggling to decide if I take the position. The big hangup is I would lose my office and move into a shared office with someone they haven't even hired yet. Um, let me see. I think you're saying here, I'm depending on the solitude of my office or something about depending on the solitude of my office, not just to be able to focus on my work because you're easily distracted, but it's also the only space that is mine. You have nothing at home. Yeah. Okay. I'd like the work uh, I'd be doing in the new department. Oh, so you would like the work you'd be doing in the new department. Cool. And from the outside looking in, it seems like a more pleasant space. Aha. Okay. Very nice. I'm just torn. One day I think I'm going to go for it. And then the next I'm worried that the lack of private space to unwind and focus will prevent me from being happy and doing an adequate job. I've sat with my thoughts. Uh, Muscle testing isn't giving me a clear answer. I've chatted with my husband and a friend, but I'm still stuck. Do you, Maya, have any thoughts? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Then you say, here are the basic details of the new job. Um, It's and, And so you share the new title. It's a coordinator position. And it's a promotion with the $7,000 pay increase that you tried to negotiate with your current boss. Right. Um, 11 month employment, the same as you have currently corner office working with another person who is uh, to be announced. 
The new yep. boss, you don't have a read on her yet, but you're going to meet her Friday. She's mm-hmm. always seemed demanding, but maybe just has high expectations. But her boss seems like an easygoing guy. Yep. I guess if I were to boil it down, is the pay increase worth losing the office? Man, I need help with this one. Was the little that was the little text that came after? It's totally yes. separate. It's own little island. The other was one whole text. Um, yes. So okay, do you feel working backwards here? That last thing you said, like if I were to boil it down, is the pay increase worth losing the office? Mm-hmm. Does it feel like it really boils down to those two things? No, but when I talk to other people and they want something succinct, which is not you and I, you're cool with me just giving you all the details and leveling them all out. You know, when I boil it down for everybody else, those are the two big hot things for me. Um, Those are the things that I'm most worried about. But what isn't necessarily in the text is that I am in a toxic work environment. My boss is not great. We started off really great and it's just kind of degraded over time. And I also have a very hot headed coworker that likes to dump on me pretty frequently. So, which I'm working around, right? I mean, he's been out of the office much this summer. Um, and it's been, it's been good. That part's been good, but anyway, those are floating around too. But with my office, I, I, I guess I just, when I said it first to my husband, he gave me a look like, what, what do you mean? You, you don't want more money. I mean, more money and potential. Uh, the only risk you're taking is potentially having people over there that are like the people you're working with now, but at least you're making more money. And I'm like, but it's not that like really, I mean, yeah, more money would be nice because we're living on a tight budget, right? Inflation is insane across the board. Like I just cried to fill up my gas tank today. (laughs) I haven't been filling mine up. I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw 10 bucks in here and see what the prices are over there. Then my gas light comes on. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's yes. another problem for another time. My husband's right. like, is this a woman thing? This gaslight? Why does this have to be on? Do you like it? Is it your disco light? And I'm like, maybe a little. Because <laughs> I do the yeah. same thing. But I filled oh. it. I, I did good. But then I cried a little bit. But yes. I, so inflation's awful. So yeah, money is like, it would it would make things more comfortable. But I have two young kids that are just happier than heck to be outside painting and having picnics and s'mores. And that really doesn't cost a dime. So, you know, as far as happiness and joy and those things outside of work, I've got that covered. My kids are beautiful that way, you know, and my husband's a homebody and so am I. So we don't have to do vacations and trips and all of that. That's cool. So for me, money money is not the only grab here with this job. It's I'm in a fragile state right now where my office is a safe haven, not just so that I can get away from my boss and my toxic coworker, but it's also a place that is my space. So in this space, it's painted the way I like it. It's got lots of beautiful sun. I love being outside and being in an office job, you know, my younger self would probably kick me in the pants. Like you were never supposed to be in the office, but it overlooks the outdoors. I look at it and go time for a walk. It looks great outside, you know, like that's important to me. And I have a yoga mat in this office because of Maya. (laughs) I do, I do tapping in this office. I do a really strong attempt at meditating in this office, you know, and, you know, I will put my feet up on this desk without any shoes on, without any socks on, you know, I'm very unapologetically me in this space and I'm very newborn in that. So if I have to share a space with an off with another person who may or may not tolerate those things, you know, me jamming out to music and I don't dance pretty, I don't care, <laughs> but you know, I kind of care when somebody else cares a little bit, especially if they're going to be my office buddy. I'm vulnerable. It's a new vulnerability for me that I don't know if I'm ready for. And if that person existed on campus, you better believe I'd be like, Hey, do you want to go out for lunch? I'm entertaining this position. And I hear you are too. Let's go chat. Can we, can we work together? But I can't do that. So it's a big risk for me to go into to the unknown. I, th- I think anybody would relate to 
how big of a risk it is to just go for money, you know? Um, there's just a lot of apprehension wrapped up in it. And yeah, what if I get over there and it's not that my boss is driven, it's that she's just a horrible human to have to work with, you know? What if she's inflexible? I take my kids to swimming lessons right now, you know, and I love that. I mean, I can't tell you enough coming back today. I have a little bit of a headache from being out in the sun with them a bit because, you know, maybe maybe we're still ironing out the kinks of how that's going to work and I needed to bring water and I didn't, but they got their juice boxes, darn it. They got their juice boxes, (laughs) little steps, but I get to do that because I have a longstanding relationship established with my boss where she knows I will ask for that over the summer. I don't know with this new boss if I can do those kinds of things. Um, so for all the drawbacks that my current boss has, there are some benefits in that, in that the summer is just very light, very free. Um, I don't know what's over there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. No, this is good. I'm I'm actually taking some notes and I'm, I've got some ideas, but I like, I think, you know, this is how I like to start anyway, where you just kind of do the brain dump stream of consciousness, kind of get it all out of your system. We don't try to corral your thoughts beforehand. Yeah. So I like what you're doing. Is there anything else you want to add to this? Like <laughs> the freak out, the panic, the concerns, the hopes, the dreams, all of it. All of it. Oh, all of it. Okay. So I already told you that my office yoga and my meditation would probably be a nope because I'm just not ready to be that kind of vulnerable in front of another person. Um, I don't know anybody over in that new department. You know, I know a little bit. Um, and when I had had the phone interview, so where I'm at, you do a phone interview first with uh, three to five people that are on a committee. I had three on mine. And luckily, I know all three of those people. So when I'm long-winded on the phone, they're like, that's just Liz. You know, they get it. Um, <laughs> um And I like them, but they're the only people I know in that department. And it's a pretty big department. And there's nothing saying I would really be working a whole heck of a lot with those three people. So I'm worried to get to know everybody over there. Everybody is pretty much, you know, not over there right now because of the summer. People work different hours. And there's multiple... Mm -hmm. um, departments within that department. So I'm in one small department. So if you don't get along with your boss, there's only my boss, me, and this potential new hire. (laughs) There's not a lot to, there's not a lot of people to bump off of. Mm -hmm. And I'm also working on with my doctor. I called and spoke with her nurse the other day. I'm worried that I have ADHD going on. And I know you and I have talked about it in the past. So I have a vulnerability around, I mean, I'm fairly certain I have ADHD, but um, I need the proper diagnosis. So my concern is now I'm in this office with this other person. And what if they're jamming out? Well, then I want to jam out. I don't want to do my work. I'm going to get distracted. How am I going to, how am I going to reshape my life around that different dynamic that I can't plan. And that kind of toes into my other fear of I live off of plans, you know, and I'm okay with them getting shooken up, reshapen. Kids will do that to you. But this is a big shift on top of a lot of other things that are going on in other avenues of my life. And it's, is this mentally and emotionally a sound decision to make right now? Mm. I think those are all the things. If something else bubbles up that I think of while we talk, okay. I, I will ask to add it in. But okay. yeah, they're, they're, they're my worries. Tell me a little bit more, because you said something, you used the word stakes earlier, mm-hmm. which is great, because my thought was, I'm like, I think that there's something else here, like a belief of some kind underneath it all that's really driving this wellspring of anxiety and worry about mm-hmm. this maybe not being the right decision. And then you use the word stakes, and that's that's a big word. Like, mm-hmm. it's it speaks to exactly that, like, this is a big deal, or something that's happening in your thoughts around this. Will you talk to me about what you might be aware of, or how it feels, just like, Speak a little bit more to what are those stakes? What do you think is driving the sense of anxiety that you have around making this decision? I mean, you've shared some of it, but I I think you know me. I want to get to the heart of what's the belief there that's 
right. making this feel so intense. And yes, and and I think so. I'm going to go in that direction with you, but I haven't totally figured it out myself yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go as far as I can go here. Mm-hmm. But I I really care what other people think, right? Like many other people, I would love to say that I am authentically me and to heck with everybody else, but I'm not there yet. Um, and I kind of hinted at that with, I'm not ready to be vulnerable with another person in the office. Like I just, I'm an introverted person. I'm very, um, empathic. I feel everything. Like I'm still trying to figure out how that lives in my life. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's Maya. I am excited to announce Maya Wilde's prescription for a personal revolution. That's a fancy way of saying that I've got some cool new mechanisms for you to get out of your own way in life and start expressing the hell out of your true self. Come over to mayawild.thinkific.com. You can take my free life on fire self-assessment quiz because you need to know where you are to figure out where you're going to go next. You can join my private Facebook group, Wild Women on a Cosmic Mission and a Few Bold Men, where you get to meet and hang out with like-minded people as your real self. And I've also got a guided meditation on lighting your inner fire along with some journal prompts. There's a new masterclass to set your life on fire, the three keys to ignite your life that's available also at myowild.thinkific.com. You do not have to walk this road of life alone and you definitely do not have to stay stuck. So click the link in the show notes or just go to myowild.thinkific.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe, share it far and wide and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing your experience of the show and I love having you as a listener to this podcast. So as I'm trying to work through all of that stuff, I'm discovering that a lot of my presence on campus is based around the reputation that I do a really good job, Mm -hmm. that I'm the person that people come to to say, hey, I hear you have this great student training, or you have this great way of tracking these things, right? And those things as a sidebar, are born out of a fear of forgetfulness, which may or may not be tied to ADHD that I've Mm -hmm. lived with for a very long time. I'm incredibly forgetful. So sticky notes are my friend. I mean, I think I single-handedly support 3M in their business (laughs) for sticky notes. I have notes and reminders on my phones. I get really angry when I don't do it right because my focus maybe smears before I finish setting the alarm to take my kids to swim lessons and then I run late. So... And there's a lot of guilt and shame around it. So the fact that the campus community sees me as very organized, very on top of it, I have a, um, you know, a perception that although I'm a little bit silly, I know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm smart. And I am worried that if I don't have the environment and the structure that I'm used to, I'm not going to have that anymore. That, you know, what I just, I think I'm just suffering from this imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. where I am not living a lie. Like, I think I am as good as people believe me to be, but I've had years of seeing how this job cycles through an academic year. I've had practice. I also had somebody who was retiring out who stayed with me and worked with me and was patient with me. And I don't know if they're going to do the same for me. There's not another person over there in that position right now that I can say, hey, give me some advice. How, how do I do this or how do you do this so that I can make it my own? There's nothing over there to say this is how you do what needs to be done. You know, so what if, you know, what if I'm not enough? Oh, okay. There we are. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Just, let's just take a pause and just sit with that for a sec, okay? What does that feel like as you said that? I felt like I was hit by a... Um, it feels heavy. Yeah. It feels really heavy. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was talking to my husband the other day. So like a little over a month ago, we had COVID for the first time and 
I've been up until pretty much last night where it dawned on me that I'm like, nope, this has nothing to do with aftermath of COVID because my husband's like, well, I'm so tired. It's probably COVID. And I'm like, oh, that must be me too. You know, I just feel like I don't want to get out of bed. I feel like I, I feel like it's so hard to get out of the chair at the end of the night. I just want to stay there. And I, I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, no, no, I'm a really healthy person. You know, I take care of myself and yep, yep. I hate that I caught COVID. I hate it, but I handled it really well. I took care of my son while he had it and I had it at the same time. Like we did, we did the thing. I don't think that's my problem. I think it's just, that's the weight of my worry. You know, that's the weight of me feeling, am I inadequate? I mean, which, in, it's an improvement over where you and I found each other a couple of years ago where it would have just been, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm not adequate enough. It would have just been a, an acceptance that, you know, I, I can't do this. It would have just been an I can't do this. And <laughs> today, while I had taken my kids to swim lessons, I had heard my daughter saying, you know, they were just asking for like a, a backstroke or whatever. She's like, I can't do this. And I just remember thinking, no, somehow, cosmically, she has heard me because that's mm -hmm. how I feel, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I just, it's hard. It's hard and I'm pushing against it, but I don't know, since this is really the first big opportunity to push against that, am I enough feeling? I don't know if I am doing it right you know, because right is different for me than for you, than for somebody else. Like, how do I push against that feeling and go, no, I'm enough. However, I need this right now, you know, and is that embodied in the new job or is that embodied in my office? Like, okay, like, right, I'm going to interject. Yeah. I'm going to interject because mm -hmm. you're doing a stellar job. Like you walk okay. us right to the heart of things and mm. you felt it. You're not running away from feeling it. I can hear the emotion in your voice. Um, I heard recently somebody say the vocal cords never lie or something like that. Like, <laughs> right. No, she's, no, she's a neuroscientist and I'm like, Oh, okay. So you're at truth. Right. So you're there. You're not avoiding it. You're not shying away from it. You walked yourself right there. I'm actually looking at my notes and it's like, I took a little jot down and then a jot down. And then it was like, and there we are mm. almost like a beautiful flow chart of how you walk. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. I want you to, there's a couple of things I'm going to say here and I want you to just stay with yourself. Don't, you don't have to leap back into figuring it out mode or getting in like mental mode. Okay. You don't have to push back against it. Right now, the first step is just to feel it fully. Because when you're at truth and it doesn't feel good, especially, and there's just a couple of things that you said that kind of hinted at that there, you were adding on this layer of, and I have this. So now I have to push back against it. And what's the right way to do that? And you qualified some of that, but it made me suspicious that you're feeling like feeling this way is also not good. So not only are you feeling these really dark, like you're confronting these dark, heavy beliefs that you hold about yourself. And then it seemed like you might be tightening the screws on yourself just a little bit that you shouldn't yeah. be feeling that way. Am I, am I yeah. tracking you right? Oh, I'm warring with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, like so, I, yeah. Okay. So pushing back warring. No, we're just going to be with it. So let's just do that right now where you're just going to feel the feelings, feel that heaviness. If you need to get emotional, fine. If nothing happens, fine. But this is just a place where we don't want to run from it. I'm going to sit with you. And Liz, I'm empathic too, as you know, and I'm feeling it too. It does not feel good, but this is no. where we can start. You're strong enough. You can handle this and we're going to figure it out. But the way to transmute this feeling is to sit with it for a minute. So let's just do that. I'm going to clock it actually. I'm going to put on like, a timer. We're just going to okay. do 20 seconds and then check in. Okay.
Do you want to do another 20 seconds of sitting with it? No, I think we, I, I, you think you're somewhere new? I, 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 no, it's new I'm, to me. I don't know. Yeah. We're just going to sit for another 20 seconds. Just okay. close your eyes, be with the physical sensations, any images that flash. This is how you sit with it productively. This is where you're practicing containment, which is that your body is the actual container for this strong feeling that you're experiencing, for these thoughts that you're having. So you're both the container and the emotion. So just feel that emotion. You don't have to say anything. You're just feeling like, is it in your belly? Where's the heaviness? Cry if you need to. Whatever is happening, just you're just watching it. And the new 20 minute or 20 seconds starts now. Okay, and that was it. So just pulling back, seeing if you can talk to me a little bit about what you're feeling or experiencing while also staying in it. Because what happens to us sometimes in this is that we immediately snap out of how we're feeling and go into mental mode, but that's not where the healing takes place. So if you can just do your best, it's not comfortable and it's not easy, but if you can do your best to stay in touch with the feeling and talk about it, walk me through what was... What was that silence like for you? And where are you now? And any of it? You, there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. Just talk to me a little bit. Okay. So I feel it um, heavy in my chest. So I feel like it it's pulling me down just as much as it's laying on me. Um, and it just, it, it, it feels like it makes it harder to breathe. Um so a slower deep breath feels better. Um, it's hard to sit with it because I want to name it so bad. Um, I keep thinking, well, you know, what, what is it? You know, what is it? What, you know, is it, it, does it need a name? And then I keep telling myself, no, 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 just, just, you know, sit with it, just feel it. And it's, it's, I think that's, the hardest thing for me it's, right now. Okay. It, Liz, we're not going to linger here a long time. It is, yeah. it is really the hardest thing to do. Yeah. That's why our culture doesn't do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're being a spiritual warrior right now for yourself. So there's two things that can happen here. One is when you stick with it long enough, it's kind of like exposure therapy. Your body can't stay in that state indefinitely. So it'll mm-hmm. eventually cycle through and then you have a victory in that way. So that's okay. one thing that you do with sitting with it and you get stronger yeah. and you know for next time, like, oh, I can handle this. The other yeah. thing is we did this last time we talked. Go back into the feeling a little bit. Close your eyes. When is the first time you remember feeling this way? Oh, as a kid. What was happening? As a kid. Uh, I remember coming home. I got off the school bus. Um, I remember having just a, a challenging day, a rough day. Um, and I remember my mom laying on the couch and thinking, oh, that's good. Um, because she's a lot to handle when she's up. She's she's mentally ill. Um And I went back to my room and I had this um, big white desk that my dad had built me. And, um, and he's, he's a strong person in my life. So I went and I sat in that, at that desk and it's around the corner so that I can't be seen. And there's a reason for that. And I remember hearing my mom get up off the couch. I heard the creak. I heard the feet on the floor. I heard the floorboards and I heard her coming down the hall. And I remember thinking and curling up on myself a little bit like, oh, it's coming. Um, And feeling the immediate relief when she turned to go to the bathroom, which is the door next to my room. And hoping that she didn't come out and turn left into my room. Um, Because she, you know, recently for like the first time had lit into me about things that I know now were not anything I could have done anything about. Um, And I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was probably somewhere around eight, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, just going into the corner of that desk just to make sure I wasn't visible and just tucking in. It's almost like that was your original office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably true. And I remember thinking, well, if I close my door, that's unusual. She's more likely to come in. I closed my door now, but I <laughs> didn't then because um, I didn't want to raise any suspicion. But it's still that feeling now, isn't it, with the idea of sharing an office? Like, well, I don't want to yeah. be vulnerable. I'm vulnerable if another person is there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to be unapologetically me, but mm-hmm. I, I can't be. It's not safe to be if somebody else is there. Yeah, no. And then yeah. what if they're doing something that I don't like or I'm doing something they don't like? It's like danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. It almost sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so you just tell me when, I've, when I'm not right, mm-hmm. but it almost sounds like the stakes are your most personal safety, really when we boil it down. I think when we boil it down, yeah. We could talk about all these other things that I, but I think on like a visceral level, Mm. that's what it seems like is really at stake here. Like you are at stake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, man, it is heavy and it is intense. I'm just feeling it like, wow, to be a little girl like that and just that kind of curling into yourself. And you talked about this the last time we talked about, the the last time we talked, this came up again. Yeah, I think, talk about elephant in the room. I think this is it, your original office, your experience of being a little girl and the fear and like the not knowing, the not knowing, my God, of course you would develop planning. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Oh man. You, you say you live off plans and you can say it kind of in a joking way now. No, you survived because you were able to plan. Yeah. You literally lived because you planned. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So now what do I do? Well, okay. So let me ask you this. Having some of this knowledge and staying with this very uncomfortable experience for several minutes, talk to me about where you are now. If anything's shifted or if you're having any new thought or like just share with me, give give me just sort of like an update right now. Well, the the first thing I thought of was... Going into this conversation, I thought it was silly that I would give up the potential for a promotion and a pay increase and an opportunity to, you know, spread my wings and do more. That it's that it's silly that, you know, having my own space is what was holding me back. And and now I have a better understanding of why that's so very important to me. And if I were to give up this office, um, which I personally think is the best on campus, I, better than wow, the president, that's, but that's I me. Come, I want to come see this office. Okay. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> um, you know, it, it carries a greater weight for me. If I give this office up, I need to have a space that's mine somewhere else in my life. Um, if I can't have it in the workplace. The workplace just was easier because it's quiet. And I'm, you know, I have two beautiful young kids that are boundaryless. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and, and what I haven't brought into the conversation yet is, um, you know, I had been talking to Paul jokingly about needing a she shed, needing my own yeah. space, you know, and how I would design it. And we've gone back and forth about how we would make that space in the house or if we would have to have a separate building. But, you know, I, I don't think it could be joking if I, anymore, if I left this office and took that job, um, is what I'm, I'm currently thinking is how do I keep this space in my life and make it not, not a shield, but you know, a, a kind of a, a coping space 
um, for me. I think I'm just built in a way that I need my, my space, even if it's just sometimes I need to be alone with myself more. Yes. Listen, I, I do you know, I, I was an English major. Virginia Woolf wrote a book called A Room of Her Own. Is that what it's called? A Room of One's Own? Like all about this idea that women never, well, you work in a library, so you might know this, Mm -hmm. but that this is so rare for women and it's so Mm -hmm. important for women and for you personally. And I have been known to say to Mike, like, but you're home now. I can't think about it now. And he's like, Mm -hmm. this is a 20 room house on 150 acres. I'm like, well, I'll think about it when you leave tomorrow. Like, I'll be able to hear mm-hmm. myself think then. So yes. I am just like fully emphatically in your corner that you need mm. your own private space. What a great message this is giving you. And I want to take it. There's a couple of things I want to say here. I don't think I want to I want to point you to the next level. For now, maybe this private space will be a coping space, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be more than that. It's not just about a place where you can go to like get yourself together enough to deal, but that actually it's not just because there's something wrong with you and you had a traumatic childhood and you have ADHD. Me too, by the way. Um, (laughs) It's that you are built a certain way and you are a mother and a wife and you're working out in the world and you're a deeply empathic person. And even if you weren't and didn't have this childhood trauma, you would still get to have your own fucking private space, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like you get to have that. And so I want to just invite you like later when we're not talking anymore to just address some of that. It's not just about coping because I need it, which also sometimes I know for myself, I've often gotten sick just so I could have some quiet alone time. Yes. Right? I think deep down secretly. Yes. And I know yeah. we had had earlier conversations about my migraines and whether or not you know, not not that I conjured them intentionally in my foremind, but that am I getting these migraines because I need to be away from yes. everything? Yeah. And what if you, know. you could just own, like, excuse me, I, I pictured when you were talking about your she shed, I saw it and there was like an electric fence around it. Just to let you know, mm. that's a feature I added. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like very seriously. Uh, um, <laughs> a big oh, yeah. Speaking of Virginia Woolf, I watched a movie recently and she would have an, a big X on her door that mm-hmm. like God forbid anybody knocked or interrupted her when she was writing. And I'm yeah. like, I want the X on my door. You can leave snacks yep. outside the door, but do not make any sound as you're doing so and don't come in. Right, right. Like, let's just own, and this is something, I'm just as an aside, I want to say to you, this is a really big deal to me personally and to women who are empathic and to people who are trying to create something with their lives. Mm. People who are creatives, empaths, empaths, like we need our own space and our culture and the family culture does not give it to us. No, so not I at can all. go on a huge rant and I have on my podcast. Go listen to those episodes when you need a little bit of like a boost that it's not just you and all of what I just said. So what I'm seeing here is two things, like two pronged. One, the external private space, great. And then two, the internal healing of why you needed to curl up into yourself in that in your room behind that desk when you were a little girl because your mom was scary. Yeah. So that's another thing. And I think for you, Liz, really, if you can just at some point between now and Friday after this conversation, go curl up under the covers maybe or in a bath or something and just revisit you being a little girl behind that desk and just sit with those feelings. Honestly, sometimes that's all it takes for the healing to begin. We don't really understand the mechanism. We don't understand our inner child or the trauma is stored in the body. We don't fully understand what that actually means. But what I do know is that something even this simple, this kind of a technique, can begin the healing process. It's great that you say that because I I was just telling Paul yesterday, I was like, I either need to get in the tub for a while or I need to just have a day at home where I have no demands on myself. No um, sick children. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and that's been the problem lately. Yes. <laughs> One thing I after know. another, we just got out of school. So I'm like, it'll quiet, it'll quiet. Just then you can quiet, but, but okay. So let me just yeah. confirm. Yes. You need to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So can I keep talking or do you need to, is there something you want to say? Cause I have, I have, I want to sort of map out what I think are your next steps. And then yes. I actually have this feeling that we might need to talk on Friday or after Friday's interview again. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Okay. If you have time, so, I would like that. Yes. yes. So let's just get you to where you're like not freaking out and feeling this heaviness and this panic and anxiety so that yeah. you can go in and just do this interview on Friday clean and we mm -hmm. can give you some steps to like actually address some of the stuff in the interview to see if this job is even a good fit. Like there's some concrete right. stuff. And then after that we can revisit. So let's just get you there. Um, okay. Is that, that works? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Are you looking for an energetic, inspiring, knowledgeable, wisdom and insight generating, mesmerizing speaker for your club, group, team, or mastermind? Those are not my words. Those are snippets of testimonials from people who've attended my talks. If you're looking for a speaker to galvanize your people into action, to break through life's general malaise and the ruts we all get into, and even the fear and anxiety and depression that's running so rampant in the world today, so that your audience actually has the lived transformational experience of connection, a sense of belonging and laughs their ass off at the absurdities of being human, book me to speak at your event. My most popular talks are driving the dirt road less traveled, live a no regrets life as your wild free self, which is a talk designed to motivate listeners to stop waiting for their real life to begin and to feel excited to get out of bed in the morning today, heal old emotional baggage, reclaim your fabulous intuitive self and uncover your true motivations. So you stop falling off the wagon all while embracing the glorious mystery of being alive. So you can finally express the hell out of your true self on this crazy ride we call life. Or you could go for, this is not a rehearsal, a crash course in claiming the life you were meant to live, where participants walk away knowing improvisation techniques for real life situations, create fewer regrets and recover fast when you didn't handle it the way you wish you had, quick tricks for discovering your life's purpose and finding your tribe, waste less time on people, places, and things that are not right for you, and that laughter really is the best medicine. No more crying over your life situation, but instead happily embracing the absurd and laughing your way right through this lifetime and into the next one. Or you can invite me in for a channeled event created exclusively for your people. Book me at mayawild.com or by emailing me directly at hello at mayawild.com where you can request my speaker sheet, media packet, or to reserve your next level self-realization event where the talk is deep but never heavy. That's mayawild.com or email me directly at hello at mayawild.com. Did you do any of the tapping videos that I sent you? I honestly have not. I didn't okay. get a chance to. Not a problem. Um, but I have them and I, they're, they're a plan. He's, he's, he's my favorite tapping guy. Um, and okay. I sent you three, but you can just look at his stuff and see what fits. So okay. there's that. So I want to say this. Again, I think the theme of today's conversation is two-prong approach. Two-prong approach. Get the concrete private space and also confront the inner demons. Yeah. So that you can heal why you even so desperately need the private space. Not like you don't get the private space, but then you get it not as a coping place, but as just a retreat center. Okay. Okay. Then yeah. two-prong approach to this level of panic and anxiety that you're feeling. One is okay. to try to tap it away, soothe it away, hug yourself and rock yourself like you would a little child away, mm -hmm. all of that. The other is go deeper into it like we were just doing, go all the way okay. with it. And that can be sitting still with it, or it can be ranting and raving around the house. Like, why do I feel this way? God, get out of me. Shaking your limbs, going completely wild and crazy with it. Again, this is what's known as like a somatic exercise. This stuff is in your body. How do you get it out? Sometimes sitting still, you get stronger with that containment. And sometimes the emotion transmutes just by that attention, that powerful attention. And other mm -hmm. times you need to be like stomping, jumping up and down. I'll be like, you can hear me now. I'll be like, I'm slapping up and down my arm. Sometimes mm. you need to really like with your body, get in your body and be vigorous. Okay. Um, and let yourself feel it fully and all the way um, and express and expel it and physicalize mm. it. Okay. Okay. I mean, that one resonates more with me at this point because I just, Great. yeah. You need to get it out. I know you have a basement. To. That I might do. be a place. Yep. Yes. You know, and I, I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but I've been known to get on the bed and just kick and scream and punch the bed. Mm-hmm. It's the full out tantrum. 
We have this joke, Mike actually told the story. We were having lunch with friends uh, and some new friends over the weekend. And I don't know, one of them, one of them was actually a client of mine at one point. And I think she's the one who brought up, well, sometimes you just need to scream to get it out of your system. Mm -hmm. And Mike told the story of the first year we were together. We'd had a big fight at bedtime. So I was like storming off to the guest bedroom. Mm -hmm. But before I left, I said to him, I'm going to be screaming to get this out of my system right now. So just, you know, know that you'll be hearing that from the other room. Mm -hmm. He said, I went into the other room and started screaming into a pillow. And he like, big, burly army guy. Yeah. Tiptoed over to the bedroom and like slipped the bolts in the lock. He said he had this fear that I was going to like come with a knife or something. He's like, it's before I understood what you were doing. Mm -hmm. But like, this is such an important thing to do. And I think for men too, but women, we just take it, we absorb it. You need to be able to let it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, no, I, I agree. Um, I have a couple more things. I need to wrap up in four minutes. So let me ask you this. I hear something in your voice. It sounds a little bit sad or despondent. Will you tell me what's up? I know I just talked a whole bunch. I don't, I think it's just, it's weariness. I don't, you know, I just feel so wrung out from all of my feelings, you know, like it's just to feel it is like a full-time job <laughs> and I've been only lightly feeling it for probably two weeks. You know, it's just, I've got a lot of work to do between now and Friday, you know, I mean, you know, to someone that hasn't done this work before that hasn't, you know, tried to deal with your past emotional traumas, you know, I'm just, just saying it takes all of you. You know, and I've got to be ready to sleep. You know, I've got to be ready because when, you know, I sit with it, even, even now, just having sat with it for 40 seconds, I'm already like, whoa, you know, like I'm going to sit for a little while now and just try not to think about anything just for a little while, you know, just, just peace out for a minute, you know? I love that. And yeah. And I just... I'm just so prone to racing, rumbling thoughts in two weeks of it. I'm, I think I'm just coming to terms with, I'm really, really deeply tired. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, that, and I think that's a lot of what you're hearing because we finally got to base level and I'm just like relieved, but I'm like, wow, it's ravaged me. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I completely understand that from personal experience. And so there's a couple of things here. One, I want you to really get, and I know you've had this experience, but I want to remind you that as you do this work, it might ravage you in the moment, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. You're not going to have this same amount of trauma forever as you keep doing this. Now, what it sounds like you've been doing the past couple of weeks is kind of like just processing or cycling, not processing, but cycling through these very exhausting feelings without actually fully processing and expelling some of them from your system. Right. So I think that with these assignments that we've just given you, you have the potential to wear yourself out in a good way, like a good healthy cry, not a cry that kind of more deeply roots some of this stuff in your system. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I do. I do genuinely get what you're saying. Like, this is the first time that I feel like fully empty. Oh, good. You know? Okay. So then, and again, with the two prong approach here, you're doing this deep healing work. It's very taxing. So it's, it's very taxing. And now then the choice is you have, you're faced with some choices. Is it an ice cream sundae kind of a day? I don't know that that's specifically your thing for Maya. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of mm-hmm. ice cream sundae kind of days. What mm. might be your equivalent to do something really sweet for yourself, for your yes. inner little girl, what your mom could not do for you? Because it can't be all work. It cannot be all taxing. There need to be rewards and pleasure. I'm writing it down. Okay. Yeah. And then the final thing here is I think that you need to, I I wrote down a list and I'll, I'm going to send you a copy of this recording 
by the end okay. of the day today so that you can hear some of what you said because you made a lot of really good sense about like the office itself is important. Um, you need to be unapologetically yourself. Um, this new ADHD potential diagnosis, you're an introvert, an empath, um, the vulnerability of sharing the space. Like there's a lot of conditions that you need to really look at. Um, but then there's also this category that I'd like to touch on right now about mm-hmm. in your second interview, and I'm due on a clubhouse right now, so I'm going to get fast here, okay? And we can yeah. touch base again by text or voice memo. But in mm-hmm. the second interview, I wrote down some things. Um, can they be flexible in the summertime? Like you're used to having a light and free summertime, mm-hmm. um, right? Is that something, right? You're also, is that something available? That's an actual question you can ask them. Yeah, yeah. You're also going to really trust your gut and we will reconvene and get a feel for your boss, Yes. You also are allowed to say, like, um, I really honestly care about what people think about me. And I have, you may or may not be aware of this, new boss, but I have a very good reputation here that I would like to uphold. I have a reputation mm-hmm. for being organized, smart, and on top of things. And I live off plans. So my question is, I want to do a good job. Is there going to be good training and what are the expectations of me over the first 90 days as I'm oh, acclimating to this new position? That's a good question. I didn't think of that. Expectations over first 90 days. Okay. Okay. I got it. And I'd like you to go on LinkedIn. I know you did your homework and you put your profile mm-hmm. up and connected on LinkedIn. So good work there. And I want you to connect to that woman that I told you about. I've given you her name, correct? She's actually, I'm going to be doing a clubhouse with her right now. Her mm-hmm. name is She has a bunch of videos where she talks about the interview process. You don't have to talk to her. I want you to go to her LinkedIn and watch some of these videos when you have a minute. That's not right now. Yeah. <laughs> but she really talks she has this is her area of expertise and then why don't you and I if we need to tomorrow Thursday at the end of the day touch base and just make sure that you're feeling solid going into the the interview okay just starring I have to star them because then I know which ones are my homework my to-dos I love it yeah touch base I also want to say this ADHD which I have had and being Mm -hmm. incredibly forgetful are Mm -hmm. symptoms of extreme unhealed trauma I believe that. When I think start, it's something for another conversation for but, sure. Right, but I want to say this to you. It's not like, oh, you're all fucked up because you forget things and you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life or, oh, yet another mm-hmm. diagnosis. They are symptoms of trauma. And as you heal your trauma, which you are doing, mm-hmm. you, will be, you, will, you will have more psychic energy freed up to remember things and to That's be focused. Dear. I speak to you from the future, Liz. I'm <laughs> 15 years uh, uh, older than you. I speak to you from the future. Oh, I like hearing that it'll get better and not worse. Liz, you're doing great work. You're doing incredible heavy lifting. And what's amazing is that this job opportunity, whether you take it or not, it doesn't even matter. You said the muscle testing is not giving you a clear answer. That's yeah. because I think it doesn't matter which job you take, personal opinion, okay. just throwing it out there. This is not a high stakes moment in terms of which job you take. It's a high stakes moment in terms of an opportunity for healing and getting to know yourself better. That feels better. I think I needed that. Yeah. And so you're handling it just right, like literally perfectly, <laughs> like perfectly. You're, I mean, you couldn't be doing it better. I'm so <laughs> proud right now. I'm just thrilled. I'm proud. I'm impressed. It's really cool to watch you do this. I get that it feels like hell over there, but from the outside, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for showing up for yourself the way that you are. That's, you need to give yourself, an, I want you to give yourself a literal hug and pat on the back when we hang up, okay? Okay, I will do that. I got to go because I'm late, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you were worth it. Um, and let's just be in touch over the next day or so. And then again, after the Friday interview and congratulations, I'm being called back for a second interview. <laughs> a new job opportunity was $7,000 more a year. 
and your rep, I'm like, this is, this is really cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Maya. I appreciate it. Yeah. Go to your clubhouse. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye for now. Bye. What's a dirt road less traveled? It's owning the unexpected adventure of your life. Yeah, you're covered in mud, no map in hand, but you feel so alive, like your life has real meaning and you're absolutely on the right path. You've been listening to Dirt Road Less Traveled. If you like what you hear, share an episode with a friend or share many episodes with several of your friends and make sure that you hit subscribe. And if you want to find out how to connect what we talk about on the show to your own life, come check out what's happening at mayawild.com. The conversation over there is all about how to live like you're on a mission. And what's that mission? Doing life as the real you. Living on purpose. Healing all the old, being able to envision the new, and of course, expressing the hell out of yourself. That's mayawild.com. I'm Maya Wild. This is Dirt Road Less Travels. Until next time, stay true to yourself out there.